egotistical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the SNL Network's Patron Feedback Show here for the John Mulaney and LCD Sound System week of Saturday Night Live. This is the podcast where we talk to one of our amazing patrons about SNL. We get to hear their thoughts on the season and on the episode that just aired. We're also going to answer your questions every single week. We post a form on social media. You can find us at the SNL Network to submit your questions, and we will go over those today as well as what's happening in social media. So I'm very excited to wrap up the John Mulaney week and head towards the Oscar Isaac week. So we'll be talking a lot about that as well with one of our great patrons who is on with us for the first time. It's Alex Roger. Alex, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to have you. I'm so glad that we finally got you on the show. Alex, can you, you know, introducing you to the SNL community, can you just tell the listeners how you got into the show and what you love about Saturday Night Live? Yeah, uh, so I'm uh, 22. I got into it when I was about 16. Um, I went to uh, a boarding school and uh, we only had... Uh, the three channels on the TV. So on Saturday nights, I used to watch uh, SNL and get into it that way. And uh, then I got really into uh, stand-up. So I used to follow everyone that would come on that way. So I've been watching ever since. For sure. And yeah, I mean, that that is, it's so funny because that's how everybody got into SNL for, for decades, right? Like, you know, there wasn't all these streaming services. It was just NBC, you know, CBS at ABC or sometimes Fox, you know, were on TVs where people would go. And then, you know, you only had the four channels to choose from. And really SNL was the one thing on at 1130. So uh, it's so interesting and fascinating in this new world that we live in with all the streaming services that you actually found SNL in the most traditional way possible. Yeah, no, it was fun. It was when uh, it, that was our Saturday night. Like I was an RA, so me and the other RAs who'd be in the dorm then, uh, that was what we would do. We'd make popcorn, get pizza, and watch SNL till one thirty in the morning. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Did you have a favorite cast member when you watched at the time? Immediately, Pete Davidson. Uh, oh, really? I, okay. Huge Pete Davidson fan, but um, you know, uh, Cecily Strong was another one I liked initially. Um, uh, I always was into weekend update. Uh, so, um, yeah, but big Pete Davidson, Cecily strong for sure. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so interesting to get to hear. We get to talk to a lot of people who kind of grew up in the previous era of the show with, you know, Bill Hader and Sandberg and all those people. And, you know, to, to talk to somebody who grew up with this current era, a cast that's been around for a while, it's fun to get to hear who your favorites have been for the last six years. So, um, yeah. that, that's really, really cool. I've tried to expand my errors too. I, I've watched, uh, um, I haven't watched a lot of the 80s yet, but I've watched um, pretty much uh, everything from uh, 65 to 70 and then uh, 90s and uh, then uh, the 2000s. And I, I can always find people I like from every era, but um, it, I was listening to, I think uh, Lauren was giving an interview on uh, the Today Show and he was talking about people always liking the, the cast that's their generation. And I would definitely say it's true in this case. 
Yes. Yeah, that is true. So um, very fun to get to talk to you. So, uh, you know, since you are, uh, you know, very familiar with this cast and this era of the show, how are you enjoying season 47 so far? I'm liking it a lot. Uh, It's nice that they have a fuller audience uh, back now. Um, It's nice to hear the applause uh, when through the sketches. Um, You know, one of the things I'm hoping as the pandemic starts to die down is they rely a little less on cameo appearances just because I always find it uh, kind of fun to focus on the cast. Um, But, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about in preparation was um, I've seen a lot of commentary on Lauren letting some of the cast members go do their own shows in between. And I actually kind of like that I've found just because it's interesting to get to see some of the featured players uh, get a little more airtime and, uh, I really like Andrew, and so getting to see uh, him this season a little bit more has been really cool. Um, you know, I'm pretty pretty happy with this season. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know if I've ever really fully expressed my opinion on whether I enjoy that you know all these people miss the show or not, and. I sort of don't know if I have a great take on it because I, I, I see what you're saying that, you know, somebody's going to step up when someone's not there. In this case, we literally had a sketch this week where uh, in the subway churro, the Mulaney musical, that was going to be a Pete Davidson part because he had done it before. And instead it was given to Andrew Dismuke. So uh, it's a great example that you gave, but at the same time, I always think to myself, I'm like, okay, but you know, they're part of the cast and you know, this should be the priority, but maybe it's just because I'm just so used to the tradition of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I hope that there are some, like I said, there are a few episodes that will uh, come up where they really focus less on having the cameos and it is the full cast and you get that, you know, kind of wholesome feeling, but I, I do find it nice to, um, I think it gives the feature players a little bit of a chance to, um, can uh, can I get out of the shadows and uh, get some airtime? Um, especially because the cast is so big right now, um, it kind of just at least it's a little bit of a justification for them to get on the air. For sure. Well, I mean, this episode that we just saw this last week, um, you know, we've had some great discussions. If you missed our hot take shows or our roundtables, definitely make sure to go back. This was a wonderful week to get to talk about Saturday Night Live. And the the panelists this week, they brought it both on the hot take show and the roundtables. But, uh, you know, we were talking right now with you, Alex, about, you know, certain episodes are more cameo focused some of them are more cast focused this one definitely had you know it felt big this was a big episode of the show because we had all these big names show up and it was there was a lot of cameos how did you feel about the john mulaney episode overall i liked it i would say um i i I, the i don't consider the five timers cameo um just because that's the point of it but um i mean i think john mulaney's great I think he's done it so much in the past few years that I'm kind of ready for him to do like a Netflix special or an HBO special in between just to get, make it a little fresh. Um, But I thought it was awesome that he was able to kind of take some of his life experience from the past year and put that into the uh, stand-up monologue. Um, I enjoyed hearing uh, some of the stuff firsthand. Overall, the episode was uh, pretty good. Like I said, I was, Happy Andrew and Punky got some time to uh, come on. Um, I, you know, I hope that I, I, I would love it if Conan got to host at one point. Uh, 
in, instead of that short cameo. But at least, you know, after what some was it 20 years, like 2002 was the last time I wrote something, I think he yeah. finally got, uh, you know, he finally got to come back on and uh, show that, you know, what I, I've always, I've ne- I never got the impression that he had hurt feelings with uh, SNL more uh, NBC just because. If I'm correct, Lauren didn't produce the Tonight Show with him, right? No, no. I think I think Lauren got involved it, with Jimmy's show uh, when Jimmy got late night, and then um, I don't I don't believe so. I mean, maybe somebody in the chat would correct us if if that was uh, if that was the case. But uh, I do agree with you for sure that uh, you know this knowing how SNL works, and we're going to see it this week with Oscar Isaac, right? Oscar Isaac obviously appeared in the Jason Sudeikis episode. Now he becomes a friend of the show. It's very easy to invite him to host. I think that, you know, what happened with Conan this week is it's inevitable. I think at some point Conan O'Brien's going to host SNL, whether that's later this season or at the start of season 47, uh, 48. And I think that would be, you know, really exciting for everybody. Yeah. Well, especially I know he has this variety show coming out. So if that's closer to season 48, I think it would be cool if he, even if he opened up the season or something, but I, For would, sure. yeah, I would love to see him come back and post. Yeah. And I think I loved what you got to say or what you said about, um, you know, wishing that Mulaney would do a Netflix special or something in between these hosting appearances, because what's interesting is, is that like when you're going back and you're watching the show, uh, and you're watching like season to season. And I know that's what you're doing, Alex. Like you're going to different eras. There is a comfort level when you have a host in the case of like, you know, Buck Henry and Steve at the beginning or mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, uh, Alec Baldwin at a certain point, John Goodman. These guys would come and they would host every single year. And it was comforting to know what you were going to get from Saturday Night Live because you knew, okay, this is the week, you know, John Goodman hosted, like, I think it was every March for, you know, 11 or 12 years. And, um, you know, that was what you were used to. So I think that, you know, a rewatch when someone in 10 or 15 years decides to go back and watch season 43 to 47 it's comforting to know, okay, this is the Mulaney episode. I know what I'm going to get from John Mulaney. But I think when you're living through it, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. can we just wait a little bit longer to get the guy back again? Well, that's the thing is I, I don't mind the annual hosting. I think it's a nice tradition for them to have kind of a resident host in that regard. But it's the it would be exciting as a fan to have something to kind of jump out at you, like a, re, a little bit more of a reason to be on at that point. Um, I mean, I loved his last uh, Netflix special with um, Jake Gyllenhaal when he did the song with Jake Gyllenhaal with all the uh, kids, and I, th- I thought that was hilarious. Um, it would just be nice to, as a, as a, I mean, I don't if you don't watch every week, it might not be as noticeable, but if you watch religiously, it might be just a little nice to get something fresh in there once in a while. For sure, Monette says that Mulaney might drop a special in the fall. So, I mean. Uh, yeah, I think this is exciting times for two of the stars that were on SNL this weekend. Yeah, for sure. So, Alex, is there anything else from the episode that you want to talk about before we get into social media and the questions we got this week? Um, I liked it a lot. Um, I I hope uh, the, you know, I, I don't consider the five-timers cameo, um, but I was happy to give John that moment, and I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah. Me too. Um, Okay, so we're going to get into some SNL social media, and I'll bring that up on screen. So if you are watching our video version, you can see the social media in case you're not on Twitter 
or Instagram. And typically in our social media section, we have lots of commentary about what's happening on SNL. I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. So, uh, you know, we didn't get a lot of outside SNL people, but we did get a lot of really fun shots of what was happening behind the scenes during SNL this week. So let me bring those up on screen for all of you who are watching. And we'll start with the Please Don't Destroy pre-tape which we had a very fun post on Instagram from Ben Marshall, one of the three guys from Please Don't Destroy. Uh, and he says, uh, at Ben Marshall style, says, good variant featuring Al Roker, Paul Rudd, John Mulaney, and Sarah Squirm, directed by Paul Bergrant. Paul Briganti, which I did not know he did that. He came back, I guess, to do this one. Uh, he had left after Christmas. Uh, so we get a great shot of all of them, you know, behind the scenes with their hair down at the end of the sketch and a really, really fun photo on the right side of our screen with Al Roker and Paul Rudd and the Please Don't Destroy guys. So uh, this was a really fun uh, sketch that we ended up getting from them. Alex, what did you think about it? I'm still getting used to uh, please don't destroy. But um, I I thought it was really good. I liked, uh, um, you know, I, I I'm trying to think of how to describe it. They, um, you know, they have kind of a different energy than the rest of the uh, cast, and so it's kind of nice to um, have that kind of popped in there in the middle. But um, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I love this one. I mean, we were talking about it. I think that. Uh, the night of, everyone was like, oh, this is part of the five-timers, but I, I know it led into it, but in my opinion, I mean, this is going to live far beyond the five-timer sketch. Uh, people are going to go back and they're going to watch this, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, honestly, Alex, I was, I was trying to think about this. This might be the my favorite thing that SNL has done with COVID in 46 or 47. Like, I can't think of another... You know, there were moments, I think in the Elon Musk episode, there was like a fun pre-tape last season, um, you know, where they were talking about what it was like to go back to like partying, uh, not partying, or like, you know, having people over and talking to people and stuff. But um, I didn't think we were going to get any good COVID-related sketches anymore. And this, to me, may have been my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I um, I thought I thought it was really good. I just, I, I wouldn't say, for me, they're not my favorite part of the show. Um, but I yeah, I thought it's nice to see them transitioning the narrative, you know, from in terms of COVID uh, leaning out of the, in the pandemic jokes and starting to get on that transition and seeing how they're doing that and how they're following everything. And so I, I liked it, but. Me too. And um, I see our friend uh, John in the chat was asking if this was potentially meant for the Paul Rudd episode. I know we had joked about that a lot, you know, over the week. And I saw some talk online, but I do actually have access to the original rundown from the Paul Rudd episode before it was canceled. And I'm just taking a look at something, you know, like at the rundown in front of me right now. And I don't see a please don't destroy sketch for that week. And in fact, I'm pretty sure Martin Herlihy uh, said himself that he had COVID that week. So I don't think that this was ever going to be for that episode, even though Paul Bergranti was working at the show at that time. So um, I, I think this was always intended to be in this particular episode. I, I, I like what they're doing. I'm excited to see kind of where they go and, um, you know, see if you know, the SNL digital gets a little more popular again, like it used to be with uh, uh, Lonely Island. For sure. Okay. 
Uh, next up, we have uh, John Mulaney walking around with his baby. And uh, we this was a fun post that we saw on social media. He posted yesterday where uh, John Mulaney is walking around with his son. I believe it's Malcolm is his son's name. And uh, walking around, introducing him to or bringing him over to Seth Meyers. Um, really, really cute photos of John with his baby. Um, and I we just <laughs> we had so many funny comments that were posted on social media about this, about how, you know, John, uh, you know, you may have had a very troubling year, but like, there's no better way to fix your your PR to make your reputation be- better than walk around the SNL studios with your baby. When I was looking at the pics earlier, I was thinking uh, he had mentioned in his he made the joke in his monologue about when he went over to the apartment and he uh, told the people on Zoom, "If you care about me so much, why didn't you come here?" Um, and I thought like the per- the perfect remedy to that is to walk around to everyone's office with your baby and like say, "Here, hold my baby." Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's I- great. I think, you know, it, I, it clearly, like, NBC is kind of like a home to John. So I'm sure it's nice for him to be able to take his baby around and uh, show all his friends and everyone. For sure. And for those who are wondering about the connection, obviously, Seth Meyers was the head writer at the time that John Mulaney was a writer um, on the uh, on the uh, in the writing team. So at SNL. So this, you know, is that connection there. And obviously, a lot of people have a lot of love for John Mulaney. And then uh, eventually, John Mulaney ended up becoming a writer on Seth's show last year, I believe, you know, pre him going back into uh, into rehab at that point. So uh, they seem to be very, very good friends. And Seth's obviously a big supporter of John's. Curious to see whether uh, John would continue writing at all for Seth, or whether that was just a gig for him while they were, he was working on his stuff. But yeah, I would guess probably not. I think he, you know, did it during the pandemic, and then it was like, you know, now it's yeah. like he's he's kind of doing his own thing. And um, my hope, and obviously all of us hope, that he's in like a good place right now. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, we had some other really great photos from John Mulaney backstage. This is backstage when he was uh, getting ready. I believe uh, we have for the Mulaney musical. We also have some backstage as he was getting ready for uh, the Cupid shuffle. So um, really, uh, you know, a lot of people were asking w- about the writing credits this week, Alex, and, and you know, they don't usually put the host's name on the credits. What they do is, is they put the writers involved. So a lot, we had a lot of questions asked to us to say like, Oh, how come Mulaney wasn't involved in writing the musical or how come Mulaney wasn't involved in writing the, uh, the judge tango sketch. But the truth is, is that from my understanding, John Mulaney was involved in everything this week. Like he contributed to writing all of the sketches. He was involved obviously in the production of, of these dance numbers. And, uh, to me, it's just, uh, one of the most impressive jobs I've seen a host do with a given episode in a very long time. Like if you think the episode was good, you don't realize how hard John Mulaney worked this week. I think as a, as the host and as a former writer, he probably, um, I think there's probably a sense of comfort in coming back and getting to write the sketches um, and working with everyone. And so, um, I, you know, I thought I, I, there was a, I'm trying to think of what website it was on. There was an article I was reading about, um, uh, there is something called, John Mulaney in sync this week or something. And they were, it was like a kind of like a, a write-up of that. They were just kind of, kind of describing him being in the Zen, being part of the uh, writing and uh, back in the routine this week. So I think, I mean, it's really interesting when a uh, someone who can act, no, actually knows how to, uh, you know, uh, write sketch comedy can be a part of the hosting. For sure. 
Okay, and then uh, we have some other great photos that were posted this week, and uh, we have two photos here of John Mulaney full of slime, and this was this was a really fun sketch, a sketch I really enjoyed, um, and you know he ended up going out there and he ended up introducing LCD sound system with uh, with all the slime on him, and he was just having a lot of fun. And the best part is we had a comment from at Nick Rewind, which I assume is a Nickelodeon. Uh, Instagram account and said, uh, we remember it a little differently, winky face, uh, crying uh, face <laughs> to John Mulaney. So um, this was pretty hilarious. What did you think of this sketch, Alex? I loved it. One of the things I love about sketch comedy is when is is the fact that it's actually physical, um, that there's actually... Uh, sorry, guys, I have, I have a stutter, so if I appear like that. Um, the... Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that, um, you know, coming out to introduce LCD sound system, you know, he stayed and it kind of just gave it, it continued the vibe that it, uh, the, the reinforcement that they are alive and uh, you kind of get the feeling that they are working through everything. So that transition really made me happy. A hundred percent. Yeah, that was that was just so much fun. It it was moments like that, and the moment where obviously Please Own Destroy leads into the Five Timers Club, that show you how much they were willing to play with the format in this episode. And I think that's what led everybody to enjoy it so much. And Alex, I have to tell you, there is another Easter egg in this episode that I don't know if a lot of people noticed this, but at the second uh, LCD Sound System song. If you go to about the last, you know, 10 or 15 seconds of the song, we actually have the lead singer of LCD Sound System does an Angelo imitation during the song where he actually ends his song with like tonight. And I was like, this is just so cool. I have to go check that out again. I didn't pick that up. Yeah, so it was just like, I think the vibes in 8H were as great as they've been since, you know, the end of October. Like, it's just been a great, great week, and I'm really hoping that keeps carrying on into this week. Uh, John Mulaney on Instagram says, uh, thank you to every person in every department at NBC SNL. Thank you to Steve, Tina, Elliot, Candace, Paul, and Conan. Thank you to Simon Rich for writing Monkey Judge with me. So Simon Rich, former writer uh, as well with Mulaney at the time he was there, came in and uh, wrote Monkey Judge with Mulaney and Please Don't Destroy. And uh, yeah, we are now uh, two, two out of five on the monkey sketches. Thank you to Mary Ellen Matthews for the knockout pictures. Those are the bumpers that you get to see online. I am a very lucky man. So lots of love for John Mulaney this week, Alex. I love the monkey sketch this time. I, th I think that um, I know he wasn't on the cast uh, when he worked at SNL, but just as a, a sketch comedy artist, I think his facial expressions or like if you just look at like the small things Willie's doing it like that's what got me it's not the hair all over him but it's the it's the eyes you know as like when Cecily offers the uh I think I forget what it was but to him um and he jumps over it's the eye expression I thought you know I love I love that sketch that was one of my favorites this week absolutely okay um, and then these are from Olivia Munn, uh, final stuff here. Uh, we got Olivia Munn says Malcolm visited SNL. That would be John Mulaney and Olivia's child, uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, here he is looking like your uncle being carried out of a wedding because he went too hard. Um, and then another photo of Olivia Munn looking at one of the John Mulaney bumpers saying, uh, proud of my guys. So, um, really cute and really happy for the entire family. Yeah, they look happy. 
I know some people in the chat were asking or they're talking about, um, you know, who appeared in the Five Timers Club sketch. Um, I believe that uh, another note that uh, we didn't talk about this week, but during dress rehearsal, uh, Keenan Thompson played the doorman in the Five Timers Club sketch, but that was also cut. Um, so that wasn't during the live show. So just as, you know, people who appeared in that sketch. Okay. Alex, are you ready to answer some social media questions? I am. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay. So on social media, we got a ton of questions coming on in. So we're going to make sure to get to all of those. And I will start with Monette, who is in the chat right now. Monette asked a question. She says, do you see John Mulaney hosting again next season for a sixth time? Do you want him to? So Alex, what do you think? I definitely see him doing it. I just hope he has a project in between. Um, but I think for now, he's, you know, he's the resident uh, you know, call a post and I, I do hope he, uh, continues and comes back. I think he will. Yeah. So I don't mind, like, I think like this was a lot of fun. I think if he's able to, you know, come back and do it, I think he adds a lot to a given episode. So I would be excited to have him at NH again, but in general, my premise on returning hosts is always that I would like to see them at different points in their lives. So if John Mulaney was coming back for the second or third time in 2022, he would be obviously in a much different place than he was in 2018. So for me, it's like, you know, and obviously a lot's happened to him in a few years, but I don't mind waiting a few years to see somebody again, because I find it more interesting to see what they, you know, how different they are and how different SNL is and to see if the blend of the show works as well together again. That's generally what my premise is on returning hosts. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way in that, you know, it, it, same with cameo appearances. The, the longer you go in between having someone, the more exciting it is when they come back. Um, it's not that I don't enjoy, uh, you know, a good host coming back uh, regularly, but it is nice to kind of get that surprise that uh, it's a little more shocking, less expecting. So. For sure. And it seems like some people in the chat um, would be very happy to see him again. So I think I think most people like really enjoyed this. So. I think I think it's a good vibes all around. Okay. This next question, Alex, is from Haley McLaughlin. Thank you, Haley, for sending in these questions every week. Haley says, if Millennium Musicals were to continue, what other themes would you like slash expect? You have a good answer for Haley. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, at, at least in terms of songs to go off, I'm a big Broadway fan, so... I was like trying to think uh, where they could go with song wise. Um, I would love it if they did something from uh, Hair, uh, which I don't, it's a play from the 60s. Um, uh, or if they, you know, uh, something from like Book of Mormon, like mimics, uh, kind of uh, spoof something from that. Um, I, you know, I think that's, it, it, it's safe to say that even if there's a few years in between a John Mulaney sketch, that's going to be something they keep doing. That's his thing. Um, I hope Pete's back for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Broadway person. Like I don't, I don't dislike Broadway. I'm just like, it's not my thing. So for me, it's like, I, I don't really have a great answer for this, but like, I, I think that maybe, maybe this is a crazy answer, but I don't mind if they did like a Disney themed uh, musical. I think like that would be cool and would probably be like more mass appeal. Um, so 
uh, that would be cool. But but I do maintain what I said on the other um, podcast this week that I think we should close the book on the Mulaney musicals at least for now. You know, if he's going to come back and host a seventh and eighth and ninth, like maybe down the road we bring this back. But I think I've seen enough of this for now. I mean, one of the things I was curious about is how much they, you know, and I'm I'm sure it's not a huge factor, but if they were to branch out, I'm curious just how much they're looking to appeal to a broader audience if they do try to uh, branch out with songs, if they went to Disney, whether they would try to do it to uh, see if they could get more views on a YouTube clip of it or whether they're going to keep it something that's uh, uh, kind of nostalgic. So I think that's interesting to uh, wait and see. For sure. So, yeah, I... I I think that over, you know, I, I felt good about this Millennium Musical. I think that the general consensus was this wasn't like this wasn't a bad one. So I think that um, potentially, uh, you know, let's go out on top. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this is a question from Ch- uh, Tran Kwong, who says, um, how would you rank your top five John Mulaney musical numbers? So, um, you know, if you had to put the five in order... Give me your top five, Alex, for the Millennium Musicals. I think um, New York Musical last year was, um, I thought it, it, the end was really nice for me just because it kind of kind of was a, a signal of an end of an era of the types of sketches they were doing Trump-wise. Um, I kind of closed that out with the election. Um, and so I thought that was, you know, uh, really nice. Um, Diner Lobster uh having uh wait so, uh, so sorry new york musical was your was your were your number one or was your number five my number one number one okay okay oh, yeah, sorry, I, I went in reverse my bad uh then um number two diner lobster um i really like keenan in the coming out of the tank um and then for me just because i'm uh nostalgic uh wolf and uh, Lysel, I loved. Um, and then um, this one was tough for me. Uh, I, Airport Sushi. And um, I wanted to put that ahead, but just personally, because I'm a Broadway fan, I liked the Sound of Music one. And then um, uh, this one, I kind of had to set, like, separate it into a different uh, category because uh, Subway Chair obviously didn't have Pete in it. Um, so I put it a little bit different. I really... I really like Andrew. I'm a big fan of him, and I like that he got some uh, uh, more screen time. So, um, in terms of that, I was really a fan of it. Although, um, similar to what you said before, I thought I was kind of ready to move on to a degree. So, I put it at the bottom for me. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I think New York Musical was probably my number five because um, I really felt like so. The first two, Diner Lobster, uh, obviously super fresh, unique idea, something we haven't really seen on SNL very much, and at least like in this era. Uh, so it was cool to get that on, and that would probably be my number one. Um, Bodega Bathroom, I actually think was probably better than Lobster Diner, but I, I think that just the uniqueness of the first one bumps it up to number one for me. Um, but then Bodega was probably number two. This one, I'd probably put a number three. Subway, I think this was my third one for sure. Um, and then Airport Sushi and New York Musical. And I, and I almost feel, in a way, that the Mulaney Musical rankings are pretty much in line with for me with the actual episodes that Mulaney has hosted in terms of overall quality. 
Um, I, I, I've sort of been like thinking, okay, maybe is this like my second or third Mulaney? So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's how I'm feeling in terms of my rankings. I think, you know, the, uh, Subway Chiro was nice to, I, I thought it was a little different. Like I said, it was nice to have Andrew get some, uh, screen time. So I kind of put it in a slightly different category, especially just cause Pete and John are so close. And so kind of having that difference, it felt a little different also for me. For sure. Um, okay. Let's, let's stop talking about the Millennium Musicals. Um, let's move on to uh, Naomi Wyas's question. Naomi, I believe, is in the chat with us. So hi, Naomi. Um, Conan has only hosted the show once. So what is the relation between him and the Five Timers Club? Also, I was hoping we would get an Uppies 22 with John's baby. So yes, uh, that would have been very funny if Malcolm wanted Uppies and maybe Malcolm Mullaney will host down the road. But uh, yeah, the relationship between uh, Conan O'Brien and the Five Timers Club is is that while Conan was a writer back in the day on SNL, he was in the original Five Timers Club sketch when Tom Hanks hosted in 1990. So it was, you know, always a fun fact for SNL fans of like, by the way, do you know that Conan O'Brien was in the original Five Timers Club sketch? So I think this was just like a really fun, uh, you know, decision of the show to go back to him at this point, Alex. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, now that he doesn't have a talk show to host every night. It was a chance to get him back into it. Um, in terms of, uh, yeah, it would it would have been funny to see John's baby out there. I don't know how the lights and shaking would have gone for him if he's five months old, but it would have been kind of cool to see him out there on the stage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually think there was a lot of people on stage. Um, that Good Nights was one of the, uh, like, I don't know if anybody watched the full version of the Good Nights, but the Good Nights from this episode was one of the most fun, fascinating Good Nights that I've watched in a very long time. Um, our friend Rich always tells me to go back and watch the Good Nights to see how people are interacting with each other. And I love getting to see uh, Paul Rudd. He walked over to the Ukrainian choir to uh, give his like regards to them, which was like super sweet. And just to see, Candace Bergen and Elliot Gould interacting with each other during the good nights was like so nice. And like, those are the things that you kind of just like, you know, you, you get excited about as an SNL fan, seeing everybody like interact for real after the show, it gives us a quick glimpse into their, into, into their real lives a little bit. Yeah, it's nice to see the dynamics of the cast. Okay. Um, this is a question from Ken George Jones. Ken is a staple in our chat. So Ken, thanks for joining us again today. Um, Ken says, I thought the last episode was by modern SNL standards, one of their more convention bucking in a while. So there was no guests on weekend update. They cut from please don't destroy right into the five timers. Blue river dog food was very similar to a sketch we got from Cecily strong eight years ago. Do we think there's any chance this could continue? And if so, what are the chances that you would like to see them take? Uh, do you think they'll take this th this format again in terms of all like, you know, playing with it, Alex? Or do you think we're going to revert back to some of the traditional stuff we've seen in the last few years? You know, if the cast is this large through season 50 and people keep having individual projects, I think they're going to have to play around with the format a little bit uh, just to see what works and doesn't work um i mean you know weekend updates one of my big things and i was happy that it was just colin and shay up there um it was i think i i like it when um 
people come on, but I also think they're really great stand-ups. And so sometimes it's just fun to get that break and listen to them rattle off. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's like, look, when I started this podcast, I was just like, hey, I want to talk about the show. And then I didn't realize that actually, you know, people from the show who actually worked at the show would be interested to hear kind of what people thought about the show. So sometimes, um, you know, some people who, you know, work in different departments at the show, I get word back that they were listening to like, you know, our thoughts on certain things. And uh, what I did find was, is that, you know, we actually do have a say as a community in a bit, in a way to influence some aspects of the show. For example, uh, even Don Roy King, who was the previous director, told us that, you know, he forgot that back in the 70s, they used to, you know, pan out of sketches afterwards, instead of just like cutting to commercial or cutting to a bumper, they would like show the the stage of the sketch, they would zoom out. And you would see the audience. And he said that really actually came from the community conversations of people saying that they like stuff like that. So I think that to answer this question, Ken, I think that we have, you know, we have to be vocal online and on the podcasts and in the comment sections. We have to say what we like about the show and what we think is working. And the hope is that somewhere, somehow, SNL will listen to us. Because what happened was, is we had an episode this week that overall... I don't see many people complaining about, you know, like most people loved what we saw this week. So SNL should take that and decide to expand on what happened this week. So my, that that's really my hope is that we can continue to build and have a say in some of these things. Obviously, we're not the experts. These people are professionals. But Alex, I really do hope that, you know, someone whoever's listening to this knows that we really loved what they did this week with the show and i want them to continue to experiment with the format yeah no i I think the you know it's it's nice to um i think it makes it a little kind of you know fresh to kind of get a remix format every now and then i mean if it was too dramatic i think it would alienate me a little bit but i think getting to kind of have those change-ups makes it a really nice experience, especially if you watch every week. It's kind of, it's nice. Yeah, and I will say that one, one last thing about this particular episode. I really felt like if you're watching this episode on its own, you'd feel like John Mulaney is 100% the host of this episode. He's not just a guy who's appearing in sketches. You know, he has his moments out on stage when he comes out and he introduces LCD sound system in slime. Like you really feel like it's his episode and he makes a mark on everything. And maybe that's what makes him so great. That's what puts him in the five timers club unlike other people. But I still believe that SNL can find those qualities in hosts like Oscar Isaac or Zoe Kravitz or whoever's coming up and find a way to make the tone of the show feel like those hosts show. And that that's really what my hope for what, you know, will come at the end of 47. Well, to that point, like I know I've had, I've had friends in college who uh, are initially they, um, uh, sometimes I'm the only one uh, who likes SNL on the younger side, I find. And, uh, I've convinced some of my friends to get into it by there's certain hosts that I recommend. Like I'll say like, Oh, watch the Bill Burr episode or watch the John Mulaney episodes or watch the Tom Hanks where they really command the stage and they really have a grip on the show. Um, and I think those are episodes that are easy to kind of recommend to get people into it. Yes, for sure. Okay. 
Um, this is a question from Blood Meridian uh, directed directly to me. This says, this question is directly to John. In some occasions, you voiced your belief that Aristotle is totally safe and Punky isn't. What's the main reason you believe so? Aristotle, in particular, has barely had any screen time and is relegated mostly to background or silent bit roles since December, unlike fellow rookies Sarah and James, with Sarah continuously having a low-key, solid first year that's just getting better. Thanks in advance. So I'll take this in a couple parts. One, I think we need to uh, back up on the narrative that James Austin Johnson, who had this most incredible, like historic start to the season, is the only rookie that's just killing it. I mean, Sarah is doing a great job, clearly is becoming more involved every single week. I think we, you know, you have to say that Sarah is getting, you know, slowly getting to the point where she's integrating with the cast in a way that we can, you know, notice her a lot, a lot more. But when it comes to Aristotle and people like Punky, to answer your question, Blood Meridian, directly, the reason why on these patron feedback shows I say I'm more concerned about Punky is because she is in her second year. And the way that I look at the cast members, and I believe that some you know people at SNL do, is when you are a featured player, you basically have two years, for the most part, unless you do something that people don't like or you're not meshing well, to you know prove your shot. It's your, it's your rookie contract, your, your, your featured player contract. And then, you know, for the most part, traditionally, people stayed seven years and you had your five-year repertory contract. And I think in the case of Punky, we're nearing the end of this featured player stage. And I've made the point that I think that she's really great, but I just don't see, you know, anything of note, like crazy that SNL is going to take away to say like this person has to be in my cast. Whereas with Aristotle, I think it's too early to say, I think that extra year makes a huge difference. I think that like, yeah, he had a very memorable character that didn't end up, you know, materializing into a bunch of other characters, but we still have enough time to check. I don't think Aristotle is in any danger of not being brought back, you know, simply because when he has had the time on screen, he's definitely popped. Whereas somebody like Punky, who for all I know, and this has happened with Melissa, may just, you know, they may like her, she may stay on board, and we may just continuously get like a little bit of Punky every episode. That's fine. I just think like as far as like what we're taking away from our evaluations, it, there's still a lot to be judged when it comes to Aristotle. I think with Punky, we're just like, we keep waiting and waiting and waiting to see it and come back to me in a year if that's the case about Aristotle. I just think it's too early right now. I mean, I always like, in my head, I always try to figure out like who's going to stay at the end of the season, who's not. And I, you know, I tend to think that most of the uh, repertory uh, players are probably going to stay on through 50. And, you know, that's my guess. Um, but I agree that... Uh, coming up on two years. I also don't know if she, if Punky might want to go somewhere else if she thinks she can get more out of it. If she's not getting what she wants on SNL. For sure. And Punky is great. I see it in chat. I see you, Demi. Punky is great. No problem with Punky. She's very funny in her standup. I think she's had moments on SNL that are funny. I just think that if like, you know, we've watched 40, like for some, some people have watched 47 years of Saturday Night Live. And you could tell when like somebody is really popping and really making a difference. And I just find consistently we're not getting like a 
wow, what an amazing night for Punky. Punky just led the night and stuff like that. And I think if you go across the 20 other cast members, we can pick out moments of like, that was Bowen's night or that was Alex's night or like, oh, I couldn't wait to see this person on screen. So it's nothing against Punky. If, you know, somehow this gets to Punky, uh, I want her to succeed on Saturday Night Live. I just, I just think we need to find, you know, what, what's happening now with Punky is she's just not getting the, the roles and the moments that she's really popping. And we need to try something a little bit different with her. That's my hope. Did I, did I say everything? Okay. <laughs> Alex, I want to be, yeah, I, well, I, I concur. I concur. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Uh, this question is from uh, Nicola Shefford. Nicola says, uh, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Nicola uh, says, will Pete Davidson be back this season? So, um, I know he's your favorite cast member, Alex. Pete Davidson was actually out this week. A lot of people thought he was out um, avoiding a certain subject, but he was not. He was out this week filming his horror movie that he's going to be in called uh, The Home, I believe it is. So uh, he, uh, we did actually get to see him on social media. He did post, somewhat, somehow he posted on social media that SNL was going to be new. I know he doesn't have Instagram, but I think I saw a video of him at some point. So definitely rooting on his castmates and stuff like that. Uh, so... Uh, do you believe that Pete Davidson will be back this season? And what would you look forward to in having Pete, say, Pete Davidson back this season? Yeah, I, I believe he'll be back. I don't think he's going to uh, ghost the rest of the season. Um, yeah, that would be know. crazy, though, by the way. If he just, like, after all the shenanigans that went down the last yeah. few weeks, if Pete Davidson just never appeared on SNL this rest of the season. I mean, I think, you know, after, after what was it, when Michael Chase said, uh, double my, uh, when, Kanye tagged Michael Che in a post on Instagram asking uh, him to saying he I think he said he would pay uh, Che like double or something to leave Pete and uh, Che responded I think something like uh, I'll do it for triple so I think everyone at SNL has Pete's back um, you know I I would really love uh, I, I I love all of Pete's uh, begin update. Uh, appearances is this is kind of uh funny and weird but um i i have bipolar and i used to use sometimes when i couldn't explain to my therapist how i was feeling i would use pete's weekend update appearances to describe sometimes because they were good descriptions of what it feels like sometimes with mental illness so i i love wow. pete Robinson. um i think uh he, he's one of my favorites uh i've been trying to go see his stand up for years have not been able to yet uh, but I hope to be able to. Alex, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I, I've never heard that before, but that's really wonderful. Yeah, that's my embarrassing fact for the night. That's not embarrassing. That's really cool. Because I mean, you you know, Pete gets like so much shit and like for all the stuff he does about like talking about his life and like, uh, maybe not when it comes to like the uh, mental illness and, and stuff like that. But like, certainly when it comes to like his relationships and stuff. And it's really cool to see that he's had such a positive impact on you. Well, I think it, he, I mean, he's very good at using comedy to describe it, but I think, um, you know, he, he does an accurate job of kind of, uh, at least in my eyes, of kind of giving a sense of the, uh, the, the, the expression of exhaustion uh, infused with comedy. Uh, and it, it kind of, it, it's nice to, I've talked with some other people about it. It's, it's nice to be able to see that represented um in a way where you get people who might be um a little ableistic towards mental illness they get to see it on snl and get to be exposed to it in a way that makes them laugh and understand a little better yeah 100 percent. that's really nice thank you for sharing that that's great yeah 
Um, okay, this is a question. Okay, so so this is that was our last uh, questions about you know the cast and and John Mulaney. Uh, let's turn our attention to what's going to come this week. And we had a very fun week with John, but now it is, as we say, Oscar season. It's Oscar Isaac coming up, and uh, we're going to answer a couple of questions about Oscar Isaac this week on SNL. First of all, let me ask you, Alex, are you excited that Oscar Isaac is going to be hosting SNL this week? I actually, he's one of the hosts I was most excited for uh, that they've announced this season. I think. I just have this like feeling that he's the kind of guy who's going to get really into it, like really uh, kind of um, in, like, kind of, you know, surround himself in the, in, in the craft almost. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think he, I like his work. Um, I know he has, uh, uh, I think Moon Knight coming out. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I'm curious if it'd be cool if like Ethan Hawke or someone, uh, uh, came on and cameoed, but um, I'm I'm excited for it. Okay, so this will this will be uh, this will be interesting. So I, I'm excited to for what we're going to see from Oscar Isaac. I don't really have a lot of expectations for him. I mean, um, we didn't get to see in terms of like his SNL stuff. We didn't see him that much on the Jason Sudeikis episode. He was in What Up with That, but um, I would love to see. Uh, you know, a lot of really fun stuff with him. Uh, I know that uh, our Monette in the chat, and, I, and you're not the first person who I've seen say this, Monette, but a lot of people are making Rami Malek comparisons. Um, so that would be cool to see. Um, I always enjoy when you get to see somebody more serious, like in acting, come in. I think of like Daniel Kaluuya from last season who came in and a lot of people had, uh, you know, they really liked him as an actor, didn't really know about, you know, how he would do on SNL. And I think that, um, yeah, I think he has a great presence and like, I'm excited to see, what we will see from him. Um, our friend Jeremy Boulard actually asked, how would you compare Oscar Isaac to any previous SNL host? And what do you expect the tone of the episode to be? So like I said, I, I, I think I start, I don't know why I think about the Kaluuya episode from last year and potentially a connection to Oscar Isaac. Uh, is there an episode or a previous host that you would compare uh, Oscar Isaac to? I haven't seen a lot of his personality outside of his roles. I haven't watched a lot of interviews with him. Um, he kind of just gives me, the, I get the impression he's kind of an, in, not intense, but a very kind of soft-spoken, focused guy. I, I don't want to make this connection just because of Star Wars, but he kind of, I'm curious if he'll be a little like Adam Diver in a sense where you won't expect him to have, you know, really good comedic shots, but he'll actually be like really into it and do really good. Um, I, I kind of see it like I was really surprised how well Adam Diver did with the, uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, undercover boss sketch. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I see it kind of something like that where it could be like, you're not expecting him to be that into it and that good, but he ends up being really good. I think it's kind of nice to go in with not having as much of an idea of his personality. Yeah, I know that uh, Jeremy asked about like the tone of the episode. Um, I, I hope like Oscar Isaac is like a really like uh, closet weirdo. And he like he lets, you know, the weird come out, of, you know, because, you know, for somebody who could play serious, but also be like really fun. That is what's so great about Saturday Night Live is like you can get people who are the most serious actors in the world, ta the most talented, um, you know, award winning actors or actresses. And then they come on SNL and they get to do crazy things and they have the time of their lives. And that's what we're hoping to get to see this week from Oscar Isaac. So it'll uh, be fun. If any if any writers are listening or anything, I would love to see a undercover boss from the resistance perspective on for star Wars. okay that'd be awesome for me yeah that, that'd be really cool um so 
let's take this last question. This is from at um, Uomo underscore Aka Tivante. Says, as a guest host, can Oscar Isaac request another actor to cameo in his episode? And what are some cameo predictions? So the answer to that question is yes, of course. I mean, I believe that the guest host, if you would like somebody to come in and cameo for the most part, uh, they can invite people and they just have to work out with the production teams and the writers to make sure that everything fits okay. So certainly I think that's fun. With regards to cameo predictions, what do you guys think? Like, I, I chat, I would love to get your opinions as well for any cameo predictions for this week. And then Alex, I believe you said somebody who could cameo this week, right? I would start with the fact that I don't think he needs anyone to cameo. Um, but if he did, I mean, um, obviously, if they wanted to pull a Star Wars connection, they could do Adam Diver. Uh, you know, if um, they were going to do from Moon Knight, Ethan Hawke also stars in that and that's coming out uh i think april 1st and so if i'm correct i might be wrong but uh you know he's a pretty big name but i I don't really feel like it's necessary to have someone cameo in his episode i think the sometimes the cameos work best either when it's a really really uh big person um and you know they're like a former cast member and they're bringing someone else on uh, or if they have like a, a huge project coming up, but I don't always know that it's the best way for the show to go for everything. For sure. My cameo prediction for this week is nothing Oscar Isaac related, and I don't know anything, so this is just pure speculation. I think we get a State of the Union cold open, and we get to see for the first time this season James Austin Johnson's Biden with Kamala Harris and Maya Rudolph behind him. And I think we're going to get a Maya Rudolph cameo. We haven't seen it all in season 47. I think it's coming this week. That's my that's my just guess for the week. Yeah, she's in New York this week, right? Um, I, I don't know. I actually, I didn't know that. So I, 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 saw, I saw an article or something. She had a, a dinner in my hometown. So it would be okay. nice if you could be there. Okay, so there you go. So so um, puts a little bit of uh, <laughs> put a little bit of a uh, spark in that flame. Um, okay, so th- this could be good. That that's what I would look forward to potentially for this week with Oscar Isaac. Um, Alex, you did such a great job on the Patreon feedback show answering all these questions. Did you have a fun time tonight? It was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me come on and talk. And um, I like I said, I love SNL, so I love talking about it. I don't get a lot of people my age to talk about it with. So whenever I can talk about it with someone, it's a good thing. For sure. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the season or the cast or anything that you didn't get to say already? Uh, no, I, like I said, I, I, I hope they, um, you know, my preference would be to rely a little bit less on cameos, but I'm really enjoying it. I like that, uh, you know, you can now actually hear the applause in the audience. There's enough people for that. It kind of uh, makes it a little... Uh, it, it feels a little better, I think, uh, watching it, uh, hearing that. So I'm excited to see what they have in store going forward. Me too. Okay. Alex, please tell the listeners where they can find you on social media if they'd like to get in touch with you. Um, you can find me on uh, at uh, the Alex Roger on Twitter, R-O-G-E-R. Um, I will warn you, my uh, Twitter is mostly politics because uh, that's my major in college. But uh, I. Uh, always uh i occasionally have snl posts and i always love uh interacting with new people so feel free to give me a follow there 
for sure. Make sure to follow Alex. And then, so for what's coming up here on the SNL Network, uh, tomorrow night, it's Hollywood Dish time. If you haven't had a chance to check out Hollywood Dish, it's a really fun show. We have Nicole Rovine and Rebecca North, two of our podcasters. Uh, they bring the the women flavor to the show a little bit, and they get to talk about a bunch of pop culture stuff. And they had uh, Sammy Kay on the show last week. So if you like Sammy on the Roundtable this week, maybe you'll enjoy going back and checking out the Hollywood Dish stuff. Obviously, they covered a lot of stuff with Pete Davidson. So I think that, um, you know, we'll see what comes up. And uh, yeah, there are some other fun stories. They'll prepare you for everything you need to know about Oscar Isaac and what's happening in pop culture this week. So that show will be airing tomorrow night live at 9 p.m. Eastern. So quick programming note, they'll be on an hour later than they usually are. So 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific for that show. And then, of course, we will be back on Saturday night right after the Oscar Isaac and Charlie XCX episode of Saturday Night Live at 1 10 a.m. for the hot take show. I know some people are like, oh, I can't stay up that late, but just try it. It's really fun. You could just, you know, bring the laptop into bed, you know, see what the commenters are saying and chat about each sketch. We have a lot of fun on those shows. And, uh, you you know, somebody's going to be coming back for that show will be the great Andrew Dick from That Week in SNL. He'll be joining me as well as a couple of other really fun panelists. And we'll be breaking down everything from the Oscar Isaac episode this weekend. To catch up with everything we are doing at the SNL Network, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. To become a patron of the SNL Network and chat with me just like Alex is on a patron feedback show, find us at patreon.com slash the SNL Network. And of course, you can find me at John Schneider 24 to talk about the show. Alex, I would like to thank you once again for joining us tonight. And thank you to everybody in the chat. Okay. For myself, John Schneider, and everyone here at the SNL Network, We will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.